Well, our guest today is the multi-talented Andy Peters. I don't think, Rosie, that you can put Andy in a category. What do you think? No. Because he does so many things and he's been so, so many things. And, you know, as well as in front of the camera, obviously, but behind too. So, Andy, it's great to have you with us. How are you? I am very, very well, first and foremost. Thank you very much for having me on the show. Secondly, I always thought Rosie was just an excuse for you to get holidays off. So Rosie, lovely <laughs> to know that you're real, alive <laughs> and well. And I genuinely thought, you know, that, that your mum would just always say, I've got to look after Rosie. Hang on, she's 26. <laughs> I'm 27 now, so it's even worse than excuse. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I, I feel as if I know you though, Rosie, because I hear your name so much. It's lovely to to chat with you. Oh, thank you. Um, I kind of wanted to start off by asking how long you and Mum have known each other. Do you remember when you first met? Gosh. Oh my goodness. Well, we I've... would have first met donkeys years ago. Yeah. Uh, my 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 sort of most memorable was during Daybreak Purple or Daybreak Yellow when they got me in to do the celebrity news uh, one day. And I remember thinking, oh, I'm going to get to work with Lorraine. And I've watched, again, Lorraine, please, not to make you feel older than your very tender years, but I <laughs> just... TVAM was one of the reasons I got into television. Really? Genuinely. Oh, was my it? God. Because yeah. for folks who don't remember TVAM, that was um, Anne Diamond and yes. lovely Nick Owen and yeah. Mike TVM Morris. TVAM was before GMTV. Oh, yeah. TVAM was the yes. first okay. um, yeah. ITV breakfast show. And it wasn't really ITV. It had its. It was a weird thing, wasn't it, Andy? Because it yeah. was like uh, TVAM bought a couple of hours in the morning, three and a half That's hours right. in the morning. Yeah. Um, because it was, so it was strange one, wasn't it? Yeah, but it was great television. Oh, it was and fantastic. I loved TVAM. And so I can't remember whether you were the tail end of TVAM or and the beginning of GMTV. Yeah, I was, yeah. Yeah, and that was, you know, Anne Diamond and Nick Owen was, you know, I just loved them on television. And I loved that whole thing about being up in the morning, you start the day and being part of starting people's day. So when I came and did the entertainment on Daybreak, it was quite a, quite a big thing for me because I'd always wanted to work in breakfast television. I'd, I've always wanted to work in breakfast television. So I, I can certainly remember when we first met on Daybreak. And I Gosh. think that was the first, that was certainly the first time we'd worked together. Yeah, that's true. That's really true. But I mean, you said you always wanted to work in breakfast telly, but when you were wee and tiny and a wee boy, what did you want to do? Because what, or what did you feel that you had to do? I wanted to be a pilot. I oh, did you? So did I. Yeah. So did I. <laughs> Oh, really? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I wanted to be a pilot. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to fly planes um, and see the world. And I'm very lucky I have managed to see the world. I just don't have to fly the plane anymore. You see, I don't. I say anymore like I used to. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you were when you were brought up in, in London, I guess, and yes. your, your mum yeah, and dad yeah. being from Nigeria, and Nigerian parents can be quite... Well, you know, they, they want obviously want the best for their kids. Um, yeah, I think, and, look, it's, however you say it, you know, I think it's well documented you, that Nigerian parents and Asian parents, you know, they don't want their children in Love Island. They want their children to be doctors, yes. lawyers, mm -hmm. you, yes. know, they're, they're, and, you know, and whatever is in between those two, but nothing else. Um, and, you know, <laughs> and stuff like that, stuff like that has made, you know, when I used to cast shows like Shipwrecked, etc. Trying to make those shows diverse was so difficult, but I knew 
where we were, you know, I knew where we were coming from as a African British person or whatever the term yeah. is. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, when I used to try and find Asian people to be on shipwrecked and it'd be like, nah, sorry, you know, not one of them wants to go on it because I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be a lawyer. And so it made life very difficult in my latter years, but notwithstanding, yeah, my parents, when I got the job in television, it was a very long and convoluted story, but my parents were absolutely against me going to work in television. None of my family are from a, a theatrical background. Um, so they were kind of like, no. But the, the, the thing I had in my favour was I'm the youngest in my school year. So my birthday is July the 29th. So I'm always the youngest in that year. Right. So eventually when my parents gave in, they said, well, OK, if you go and do this job for ITV back in 88, if you go and do this job and it all flops, you can go to university a year later and you'll still be the same age as everybody else right. in your year at university. I would have just become the oldest in the class, but we'd all still be the same age. Oh, that's and so interesting, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. That was, I mean, literally, I spent my life reading terms and conditions. Those were their <laughs> terms and conditions. <laughs> and, uh, so, so, yes, but, lucky, but luckily I managed to get around that and, and they let me, you know, and I've stayed doing what I do. And you love doing what you do. That's the thing. That's what I've always said about you is that that enthusiasm and passion for, for what you do. But what if you hadn't got that job, you know, as a teenager working in TV? What do you think you would have done? What would have been that path that you might have gone down? Do you know, I think I've, again, do you know what, Lorraine? I don't know because I was six, 17. So all I was doing was working out what I might want to study and what I might want to do. So I knew I wanted to be a pilot because I enjoyed the science of it and the science of how planes work and that. So that was kind of, whether that was a pipe dream or a real dream, I'll never know. I think I probably would have ended up uh, in marketing or some sort of PR, you know, marketing, anything where I could be me. I'm very much, you know, I'm not, I'm not the life and soul of a party, but I do try to have a very positive outlook on life and I've had that all my life ever you know my parents always say this I've been exactly the same I could walk when I was seven months old and my father <laughs> always says to me you have not stopped walking you know? <laughs> and, and, and I think maybe that's what's got me where I am today and what do you think was your big break when you thought okay this is going to work um so when I joined so in 1988 I was spotted by a lady who worked for then Thames Television and she put me on television, apropos of nothing, literally. And then I did that. And whilst I worked there, the BBC said, come and work for us uh, and do children's BBC, which, of course, by then Philip had already done for many years. Andy Crane had done uh, for some years. And to then be asked to go and join that stable was beyond comprehension. I couldn't believe that I was being asked to go and work there. Um, and so I remember thinking, wow, this is really quite cool. I must be good at what I'm doing because they want me to go work at, at the BBC. And, <laughs> you know, Very grown up. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes, totally grown up, but perfect, but perfect for my Nigerian parents. Oh, it's the BBC. Well, of course, that's oh, where he should work. Right. Absolutely. That's where he should work. He should be working at ITV, that, that cheapskate commercial place. No, no, no. <laughs> Our son should be on the BBC. Um, and so I remember, you know, when I got there and within a week, they said, we're going to put you on the broom cupboard. And I genuinely had I'd only done a little bit of live television for ITV. I only worked for ITV for six months before the BBC said, come and work here. Um, and so that for me was when I'd arrived, when they put me on the broom cupboard, having only worked there for two weeks, they said, we're going to put you as a stand-in on the broom cupboard. I couldn't believe it. And that's 12 million viewers every day. 
you know, every day I'd get 12 million viewers. And it's so funny, when you say it now, people go, 12 million? Yep, yeah, that's what we used to get. And mm. it didn't phase me at all because I was just doing a job that who knew I would love and would carry me for 32 years. But that's the thing about that, because that, that was an amazing training ground, wasn't it, really? You know, you get, you get flung into it. It was a bit like when I got just flung onto the sofa. <laughs> and yeah. it's like... Do you, you think know, that would happen now? I don't know if it would. Do you think that would happen no, now, Andy? No, I don't think I don't so. Think it, no, I don't think it would now. And, and I think if the competition was, was more fierce there because there were fewer slots, there were fewer opportunities. So, yeah. you know, who, you know, and you, I'm sure you remember the man or woman that put you on the sofa, Lorraine, and said, do you know what? You're going to be on the sofa next week. Oh, absolutely. Or, I, don't know, I don't know if it was months in the planning or if it was just a really, no, no, we're going to put you on next week. It you was really just like that. that. It was exactly like that. And I remember Bill Ludford was walking through the newsroom, saw me reporting from Lockerbie and thought, bring that, bring that kid down. <laughs> And give her oh. a go, and of course there was no social media then, so we did. Yeah, exactly. We were allowed to make mistakes. Yeah, we were allowed exactly. to find our feet in the way that you yeah. know. And but you just took to it instantly. I remember you in, in the broom cupboard, and it just looked like you'd been doing it for years. Well, do you know what? I I'd been a DJ in Top Shop, the shop, um, and I'd been a DJ as my Saturday job. But again, which I fell into. Um, me and some of my friends from school went and got a job in Top Man. They had a radio station called Radio Top Shop. And, you know, I used to go and hang out with the DJs again because just people to talk to. I love meeting people. I love talking to people. And I used to talk to the DJs. And then one day a DJ didn't turn up and the manager of the shop <laughs> said, does anybody know how to switch on the DJ booth? And I said, well, I, I reckon I could do it. I'll give it a go. Why not? Gosh. So I did. And then they um, let me in. So I played some records for a bit and then... I didn't speak at all. And then the, a week later, the head of the DJs came and said, look, well done. Are you interested in DJing? I was like, yes. No, I don't know. It's better. Anything's <laughs> got to be better than hanging up espadrilles and hanging up boxer shorts. So I thought, yeah, I'm really interested. So he said, well, come down and read the news every hour. So I used to run down. Literally, it'd be five before the hour. I'd run downstairs to the DJ booth, copy it off CFAX and read it off CFAX. <laughs> we'll have to tell maybe... people what CFAX is. Oh, Some sorry. people might not know oh, that, no. Andy. I don't know what that is. Rosie doesn't oh, know what CFAX is. Okay, so CFAX. It, oh, my God. So, Lorraine, do you remember? That's how you used to book your holidays on I CFAX. I know. It was on the telly. It oh, was, is it yeah. what it, I think I know what it is. Yeah. It was on the telly when it was words. Yes. And it was yeah. like different colours. Yes. Yeah, okay. block writing. That's yes. it. Yes. Uh -huh. yes. That's, yes. That's, yeah. That that's, was that's what we internet. had to cope with. <laughs> yes. that's, that's what we had you know, to that, do. And the broom cupboard. You, do you remember the broom cupboard? No. Rosie doesn't remember the broom cupboard because she's very okay. young. I was being very quiet and thinking, oh, yes, maybe they'll explain what it is, but no. <laughs> maybe they, maybe those me. two oldies will tell us what they're talking about. The broom cupboard was. So basically, it was a linking device on BBC One in the hours between 3.30 and half past five. So you've heard of Blue Peter and you might have heard of Bodger and Badger or the Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. I would come on in between all those shows. So the programme would finish, I'd pop up and go, oh, wasn't Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles brilliant? Uh, don't forget later on Blue Peter, but now here's News Round. Then News Round will come on, then I'd come back. So we used to link in between all the programmes for two hours every day on BBC One and then in the mornings at weekends as well. Cool. It's good, wasn't it? Okay. Yeah, really good. And then how uh, yeah. how did Top of the Pops come around? Oh, gosh, right. So fast forward all the way through my career of producing, etc. And I was working at... Where was I working before I went to BBC? I was working at Channel 4. And the bosses of the BBC were desperate to get... So I created T4, 
which was very much aimed at 16 to 34 year olds. Mm -hmm, And so the the bosses of BBC One were, BBC One's demographic is really quite old. And they were saying, look, we just need to get more young people watching Top of the Pops as an entry point for the BBC channel and then thus BBC Three, which they were just about to launch. So they said, would I come in and just try and get more 16 to 34 year olds watching? Now, because of the success we'd had at T4, uh, I joined and tried to make... Well, I did exactly what they wanted. I got more 16 to 34-year-olds watching BBC One. The issue with the programme was was it was just the evolution of the internet. And right. so it was, people didn't need to wait a week to see Beyonce's video. They could, If they wanted to see Beyonce's video, right. they could go just call up Beyonce. So, yeah, you could go on. And it really was the, the two worlds, the ending of Top of the Pops and the, and the start of the internet were literally right at the same time. Um, but I left before the show finished because mm. I wanted to jump before the ship sank is that a mm. good phrase I don't even know but, yeah. <laughs> but um but you know I would, I'd like to say I had the foresight but no because at that point ITV had asked me to come back uh and do a dancing on ice show which was the daily dancing on ice show so I left to come oh, and do that oh yeah so that's how pops came but pops was an amazing thing to do it was three years of it's it's it was it was a beast of a show. It was a huge show mm. with a massive budget every week, with huge stars and all the problems they bring along with them. <laughs> I was going to say there must um, be some stories you can tell us. Yeah, <laughs> Maybe oh, some, you can. <laughs> some you can't. Some you can't, but there must be one. <laughs> um, my fa- my favourite one was Anastasia. You know the I'm all oh, yes. love. So me and Anastasia had so many, and I don't know why, because I'm I don't have run-ins with people. But when you're an exec producer of a show like Top of the Pops, and you know you're working to to deadlines, budget yeah. restraints, and I just remember Anastasia used to do two things. She used to come. So when I took over, one of the things is I'd, I'd like more people to sing live, not just mime, was one of the yep. things I wanted to do, mm-hmm. and I wanted more dance music rather than rock music. Mm-hmm. And so Anastasia would always like, no, I'm not going to sing live. And I know we'd really love you. You know, the backing track's all recorded, but can you just sing live? Anastasia, uh, no, 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 I'm going to mime, I'm going to mime. And she, what she would do, she would wander down to the audience uh, before the show and she'd be on her stage and she would literally every time just go, hey kids, hey, nice to be here. You know, I always wanted to sing live, but the, the show producers don't want me to sing live. And I'd be in the gallery going, liar, liar, liar. <laughs> And, and then she would pants are on fire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and she would literally just, she'd do this, right? So she'd have her hand, she'd be like, I'm going to cue the track. And she'd go, I'm all out of love, shoot me free, the reality. And then the backing track would start, and then she'd mime the song. I'm like, love, you're not fooling anybody. We all know that you're now miming. Just because you did that, I'm all out of love. No one's fooled. So there was that day. That was one Anastasia running when I was furious. Like, how dare she lie to the children? Not children, the people in the audience. <laughs> no, I know. And the then there was another people. day. Yeah, the young people. There was another day she was on. And yeah, these people come from America and it costs tens of thousands of pounds to bring them in. And um, Janet Jackson was on the same day as Anastasia. And we had this absolute rule. Every artist had to do the dress rehearsal. That's the rule. You could not do all the rehearsals with mm-hmm. the stand-ins. But when it comes to the dress rehearsal, the artist must do the dress rehearsal. So um, Anastasia is, Janet Jackson's on, and Janet Jackson has a stand-in for the dress rehearsal. But, and the reason was Janet Jackson's stand-in has no other job other than being Janet Jackson's stand-in. Can <laughs> so you imagine if that was your job? <laughs> I know. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's all she How does. How do you get she that? She is the stand-in. <laughs> 
Zoopla or one of those websites probably now. <laughs> one of those job websites. I think Zoopla's houses. I have no idea. But, um, but everything that this stand-in does is exactly what Janet will do. And, you know, it was Janet Jackson. We'd never had her on the show. So I said, OK, she cannot do the dress rehearsal. Anyway, Anastasia finds out. I'm not doing the dress rehearsal. Oh. You what, love? I'm not doing the dress rehearsal because Anastasia, um, because Janet Jackson doesn't have to do it. So why do I have to do it? Right. Well, oh sweetheart, one, because you're not Janet Jackson. I'm sorry mm. to tell you this to your face, but you're not Janet Jackson. Uh, and she was, and I'll never forget, she had her rollers in and everything. And she's standing in the corridor outside, uh, Lorraine, it's outside TC3. Yeah. Literally where I always see you, Lorraine, exactly where I always see you. Yep. And she's going, I don't need to do this show because, you know, you need me more than I need you. And <gasps> I'm not going to do this show. Why does Janet Jackson get away with not doing it? I had to fly over here an hour earlier to... And I literally, she's literally having this barrage at me. And I just turned, I've got, and I had this lovely runner, a uh, young bloke called Paddy, you know, five foot nothing, spiky hair. And I just went, oh. Paddy, run upstairs and get me the beta, which is a tape, get me the video of the darkness. Because I think I'm going to play that instead of Anastasia. <gasps> she went, you can't do that. Oh. I can. It's my show. And I just oh. walked off. Oh, oh, Andy, the power. So hang on, <laughs> did she do it then? Of course she did. Okay. <laughs> Do you know, the thing about you is, though, you, you are a pioneer when you think about it. You know, you have been very, but also, very... I don't think a lot of people know about any of this. No, I don't think they do. I think people, you know, people now know you because obviously you do the competitions. Yeah. You do the competitions on ITV and you make it look... Yeah. The thing about you is you make it look easy. Now, anybody that's tried to do that and to do that live and to, you know, chap on someone's door, as we say in Scotland, <laughs> chap on the door yeah. and to make sure that they're in and, you know, whether they've got a dog or what's going on and to make yeah. that look effortless and funny and entertaining in a minute <laughs> it's, re it's actually difficult and it's when you're on holiday or when on the rare occasion that you're not there which isn't very often and somebody else tries oh it's not yeah. good I think, look, I think I've been blessed you know, and you're right Lorraine and it, it warms me that you appreciate how difficult it is I think I'm lucky that you on your show like to have me there and so I always feel that's kept oh, me yeah. where I am um, and on Good Morning Britain as well, I think, sure. you know, the people behind the desk were like, do you know what? Let's not go down the Love Island route or the that well, person route or the they, that person route because they tried that, it just Andy, doesn't make great it, telly. It, it just didn't work. My, my, my toes were curling so much. Oh, <laughs> which is awful. Because if, and and also, you if yours are curling, the them. audience at home are curling as well. Um, and then you're just thinking, fine. this is just horrible. And I, I did Loose Women recently. Uh, somebody didn't show up when we were doing, you know, one of our big live days of quarter of a million. And they said, look, can you do Loose Women today, Andy? I said, yeah, of course. And I got a lovely note from Charlene just saying, oh, God, it's so different when it's you. And you just think, do you know what? That is so nice to hear because yeah. I think mm. I think they literally get, they don't even get Love Island. They get some Channel 5 reality show person on there <laughs> doing theirs. So quite frankly, there's no hope. <laughs> doing the competitions from your garage, though, has just been so, so, so lovely. And I think, because um, we were, t I was talking to um, my dad and obviously your husband, Dad. Yeah, dad. We're trying to explain who he is, but I don't know why. Because um, he used to film competitions. So I remember when I was really young, he would be away for like two weeks. Um, I think he oh, went yeah. to Se the Seychelles one. Oh, he had a lot. He went to Gorillas one. Doing all of that. Yeah. Um, he went everywhere. So... I don't know, well I now feel he, like this he can come to my garage. That's yes, about the extent of it. I've done a as 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 anyone who's watched the you know you know we've all lived this last eighteen months. 
I seem to do a lot in Richmond. Why? Because it's where I live. <laughs> and it's just working a lot easier. Yeah, working from home. <laughs> it's so much easier. Uh, and, you know, and with all the regulations. And we didn't, we didn't want to be travelling when no one else could be travelling. Mm. You know, we felt it was... Yeah, and I feel quite strongly about stuff like that. I want to reflect what the audience are doing. Uh, yes, it feels really weird that I haven't been to the Maldives in the past 18 months. In fact, I haven't left the country. But most of the, most of the population haven't left the country either. So... Yeah. We read the mood of the nation and we do what we think is appropriate and correct. We're try we're gonna we're gonna give away a lot of money later on this year, and that's the first time we think, depending again, depending on where the world is, that I'll get to travel. But I'm not holding my breath. Um and actually I've seen so much of this country now. I've genuinely seen more of the UK in the last three months than I've seen in the last fifty-one years. Wow. Because wow. you said you loved Scotland. I mean, you weren't just saying oh. that to, to make me no, 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 feel no. better. <laughs> but you did. You genuinely yeah. did. You went to some beautiful, beautiful places oh, as well. Yeah, Luxon Tyre Beach is amazing. <gasps> I mean, Harris those aisles. Yeah, Harris. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Harris every mm. Lewis. I mean, it's... I, th I suppose that it's a very British thing, isn't it? Holiday, I'm going abroad. Yeah, you or, just think, you know, get yeah, that flight it. to Spain or Greece or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Greece, exactly. Corfu, boom, yeah, I'm off. Yeah. Actually, now I think a lot of people... I mean, I feel sorry for the people that live in Cornwall because if somebody isn't going to Greece, they're going to Cornwall. Yeah. Cornwall yeah. must be so packed. It'll be it must be it will. So it heaving, will. bursting at the seams. Actually, the Isle of Harris is stunning. The only problem is... In those quite remote places, there aren't enough hotels. So yeah, even it's for getting us, a bit better, to... but you, you're right. You're is absolutely it? right. But you, you've you got a great job because you go and just basically give people money and make them feel better. Are people uh... always nice, though? I mean, I would assume everyone would be like, oh, money, lovely, thank you. But are some people a do... bit like, do they believe it in a way? Are some people yeah. a bit shocked? Do you know what? It's a, it's a, it, uh, I, I, nine times, eight times out of ten, they're over the moon. Mm -hmm. uh, one, I'd say one in ten are like, don't believe it. Well, seriously, believe it, because there is no way I was coming to Skegness otherwise. So quite frankly, <laughs> you, you have definitely won. I'm sorry, but you have definitely won because I could have been at home. So you kind of have that odd one where people are like, no, I don't believe it. No, don't believe it because we kind of need to leave. Um, and, and then the other thing is when I phone to book a restaurant or something and I say, hello, and they go, what's the name? Andy Peters. And they go, have I won? And I always oh, feel so no. awful. Like, no, no, you've not won anything. I'm so and then I'm literally going, I'm so sorry. No, you haven't won. Oh no, but can I still have the table at seven? You know, <laughs> honestly, it, it's so funny. They go, I have I won? That. No, you've won nothing. Oh, genuinely. Or I walk into a little boutique shop. They're like, <gasps> I'm like, oh, why? What's happening? What's, oh no, they think I brought a check. They think no. I brought a check. What am I going to say to them? Yeah, honestly, like it happens. Cameras. Yeah, oh, it happens. I would say the going to the shop one happens. Once a week, probably. Oh, that's yeah. a lot. Yeah, I know. Some. All right. Let, let me just say, somebody somewhere once a week will say, "Have I won?" Genuinely thinking, "Have I won?" And I'm like, right. nope. "Nope." And also, oh. I'm sorry, madam. It's four thirty in the afternoon. When have you ever known me to be on the telly at four thirty in the afternoon giving away yeah. money? The ch you know, mm. tipping points on. <laughs> But it I'm is not a television lovely, lovely, lovely <laughs> job to be able to do that oh, and just to make people. Yeah. I mean, because some people, it's absolutely life changing. That's the thing. It's, yeah. and, and, you know, you don't get to do that very often in life. Do no. Do you ever get like follow ups from people saying what they did with the money? Do you know what, Rosie? A couple of weeks ago, a lady 
So we do a thing on Good Morning Britain called Free Cash Friday. No, it's not. It's called Wake Up a Winner. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm going to say to We do one called Wake Up a Winner where I knock on your door and give you uh, £3,000. So we did it, knocked on this woman's door, gave her the £3,000. And so, so, and I say only, I give away 250,000. This is in comparison, sure. only 3,000. But you have to remember, 3,000 pounds is a lot of money. And she yeah. sent me a tweet two weeks later that said, just so you know, my car, which has been off the road for a year and a half, and I've been getting the bus to work, I've now can afford to have repaired. I can oh. now go back to driving to work. Things like that melt oh. my heart. It's good. Melt it's my heart. Good. It's £3,000, which to her was life-changing. Mm -hmm. And we have this ridiculous situation where the ITV lawyers say you can't say the word life-changing unless it's 101000 or more. And I, and, you know, my, and oh, I, I always I argue, saying, I'm really sorry, £3,000 changed her life. She mm -hmm. doesn't have to get the bus to work anymore. She yeah. doesn't, you know. So for her, it was like, and, and it is all um, subjective. What, you know, what is 3000 What is any sum of money? And mm -hmm. their argument... The first, Lorraine, do you remember about six years ago when we all first started this new regime, we gave away a million pounds? Yes. And they, and they wouldn't let me call the million pounds life-changing because they said, <laughs> if, this is exactly what the lawyer said, if Richard Branson won, it wouldn't change his life. So we oh. argued back and said, no, it would change his life because in that minute, he would be a million pounds richer. That yeah. is like, wouldn't let us say it, wouldn't let us say it. How I bizarre. took this all the way to, oh, I went all the all way the to the All the way to the Supreme Court. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Get Judge Rinder on this. So now, yeah, the rule now is 101,000 and above is life-changing. That's yeah. the new rule. But if it's okay. 99, I can't say it's life-changing. How very strange. Oh. Who, don't you also, love Richard Branson wouldn't be applying, would he? I Let's wouldn't have thought so. He'd be too, busy. He'd be too busy trying to get into space again. So, I, know, I don't yeah, exactly. think he would. <laughs> and you'd be too busy trying to get on, get a lift into exactly. space with him. Exactly. I have told him. I mean, I've got the outfit and everything. I'm ready <laughs> to be an actually astronaut. Do have the, have I the do jumpsuit. have the jumpsuit. Oh, and, and don't think that I don't wear it at inappropriate times. Oh, because yes, I well, do. The, <laughs> this is what I'm looking forward to seeing one day, quite frankly. <laughs> oh, jeez. You know, I said earlier you were a pioneer and it's true because um, we're at a time where we didn't really see many black faces on TV, there you were, mm -hmm. just very quietly being you and getting on with it. Maybe not so quiet sometimes, but that's OK. <laughs> <laughs> that's OK. But you weren't. And I remember last year, you know, after um, everything that had happened and Black Lives Matters and all of that was going on and people were having difficult conversations. And you said, and this is the thing that I think is brilliant about you, because, yes, you do the competition and it's all lovely and entertainment and, and all of that, but you talk about really serious things too, things that matter mm. to people, mm. um, to all of us. And you said, look around you. I remember you were on GMB and you said, I think to Piers Morgan, actually, yeah. and you said, look around you, I'm the only black face that's here yeah. in the studio. You know, you looked at the cameramen and everyone else and and, and you were just yeah, you. There was, there was 20, there were 20 people in the studio. And, and as I said it to him, you know, and it was during, you know, in the time when they were saying not enough people are being, being yes. recognised in the BAFTAs and the Oscars and all those mm -hmm. award shows. And I said, you know, you look around the studio, and I do, I do it every day, you know. And I said, I look around, I said, look, I'm the, uh, and Lorraine, I wasn't even the only bl black person, I was the only non-white person. Yeah, right. So there wasn't anybody from China or, you know, yes. Botswana. I was the only non-Caucasian person in the studio, which I see every day, I see it all the time. And, you know, and Piers, to his credit, said, you know, what? I've never thought of it. And, and why wouldn't he? 
He mm. is a mm. white, Caucasian, successful, you know, middle-aged man. You know, we've got lots of those in television. We've got loads and loads and loads of them. Um, and, you know, as the only black person, I think back to the woman who first put me on television, you know, in 1988. Was she really brave? Was she the pioneer? Was mm. she the groundbreaker? Mm. I'm going to put this young black kid on television. And then the woman who took me to the BBC and said, I want you to come work here. She put me in front of 12 million people every day, a man of colour. There was Moira Stewart, there was me, there was Lenny Henry. We were the, literally the three black faces at the BBC. And I always, again, stupid little story, but it's something that I will never forget. In the old days, the makeup stockrooms, where they keep all the makeup at the BBC, they have a thing called the makeup stockroom. I think his name was Darren who ran it. And the BBC used, this is, this is such a boring story, but it's so, it was such a moment for me. And I remember um, going down to the makeup stockroom because you go down there to get some makeup if you need extra makeup or the makeup artist would get it. And I, I said, oh, have you got any? And I use a colour which was called 006. Most people use Viseora 003, which is kind of the Caucasian tones. And mine was Viseora 006. And the BBC were changing to Clinique. Big thing. They were changing all the makeup <laughs> to Clinique. And I popped down to makeup stockroom and I said, oh, I thought I'd quickly come because all the presenters were talking about they were running out of 003 and they all love 003. And I went down and said, Darren, is there any more 006? He went, oh, don't you worry. There's only the three of you that use it. Me, Moira Stewart wow. and Lenny Henry. Whoa. He was like, there's loads. You won't, we won't run out. And I just thought, God, there's only three of us really at this whole corporation Thousands on screen regularly. Jeez. Yeah, and those were the three. Those were the three of us. So even back then, I remember thinking, gosh, it, it's a rarity, but somebody put me here, you know, and, you know, whether it be Kate Marlowe, the woman who put me on ITV, Sandy Mayer, the woman who put me on the BBC, between the two of them, were they visionary? I, again, another really funny story. The chair that we used to sit in, the broom cupboard, was brown. The back, it was a big old armchair that we used on telly, and I just remember Sandy, the boss, saying, I'm going to get the chair colour changed because I just think it blends in with your skin tones too much. And I remember thinking, yeah, okay, fine. And it got changed to pink. And pink works really well with my skin tones. Mm. And I remember the announcers who also sat in that chair going, well, we want our old chair back, we want our old chair back. And she said, it doesn't look right on Andy's skin. And that's the most important thing because I'm envisioned they're not. And I remember feeling really proud that she'd stuck up for me yeah. mm. and made a decision to make me as a brown person look better on television. And, you know, and I always joke, and I'm sure I've joked with you, with you Lorraine, I was on telly before it was trendy to be black and on telly. <laughs> it is getting a bit better. I mean, we can't... You it know, is, but, but you have this thing of you don't... It doesn't get better until you start seeing it on TV. What if that that woman hadn't put you on? Because you'd be probably even further yeah. down than what we are now. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you're so right. You're absolutely right, Rosie. And and to you, you, you know, you're much, you're younger, much younger than me. And, you know, you didn't see me because you don't kind of fit... So somebody who's mm. 35 now would have grown up and watched me on the telly when they were younger. So they came home from school and they saw a black man on the television every single day. So to them, it was no different. But somebody, bizarrely, if you think about it, then there was nothing on television every day. And mm. now there's lots of people of colour, many, many more people of colour on the television, but still not a 50-50 balance. Still, you know, even if you look at shows that myself and your mum work on, you know, yes, there's black people in, in great positions, but, you know, your mum, you know, Lorraine's not black, Susanna's not black, Piers wasn't black. So we're still trying to have to get to that point where we can own a show and do the show, but actually, it, that is going to take a long, long time. It's going to take a long time. And, I, I, you know, people go, yeah, it's all changing. It's going to get better. It's going to take a long time. 
it yeah. will take a long time. But it's the, but, but you were also behind the scenes as a producer, and that's where decisions are made. Yeah. And you yeah. need, you know, you need more people of, and as, as you said, of colour. You know, it doesn't matter whether they're Chinese, Southeast Asian, whatever. Yeah. We need more people in positions of power to really make a difference and for it mm -hmm. not to be tokenism or yeah. anything like that, because that's the worst thing in the world. You know, what you don't yeah. want to be is to be patronising people, because yeah. that's no good yeah. either. It has to be this level playing field. And I think that you, your generation, Rosie, you're the ones that are going to make the big yes. change. We've tried, yes. sometimes not very well, um, but I think you will... You'll change it. You're genuine. When I'm in charge of everything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when you are queen yeah, gotta, of everything, yeah, exactly. things will yeah. be a lot better. Mm, yeah. You will. guys you guys hold the keys. It's just <laughs> as you say, it it's got to be authentic. Yeah. I think there there is some uh I think there is some uh, what would the word be? There is some... Um, there are some shows you watch now and you go, okay, well, we know why they've done that because they yeah. want to be seen to do a box ticking exercise. Right, and we do Which like does them. become, yeah, which does become, you know, slightly patronising, I think is the right word. Mm. But do you know what? At least it then means if, you know, if Bobby, who's 12, tunes in, at least he does see a face which is the That's same colour as his face That's on so the television. true. I always remember the story about um, Whippy Goldberg when she was watching yeah. Star Trek, you know, the original Star Trek, the proper yes. Star Trek, the only yeah. Star Trek. Um, and she was watching Lieutenant Uhuru and she said, she said to her mum, mum, there's a black woman on the telly who's not a maid. There's a black no. woman at the, you know... <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And and that yeah. really and that made her want to, well, it made her want. She obviously always wanted to be an entertainer, but it made her realise that actually she could be. She yeah. could be. You, and that's, yeah. you can only be what you see. You can yes. only be what yes. you see. You know, and as as you said, you know, Rosie is your generation that are going to change it. That stuff with the footballers, you know, that's still what we have to deal with. Oh, we awful. still yeah. have to deal with that. Awful. You know, and it's going to take so long, but slowly but I don't think it will happen in our generation Lorraine I really don't Do you know I, I genuinely don't think it will but you know we've got to lay the we've got to lay the foundations the only thing from that uh, the the racism after the the euros the only thing that gave me hope actually was the fact that so many people stood up and said I draw the line. This yeah. is not happening mm. and it's not right. You know, people have, from all walks of life, from all classes, yeah. just said no. Um, and and that that makes me feel that, you know, a bit optimistic. Yeah. I, I guess. And I know you watch Ted Lasso as well. Um, yeah. I, what the, um, Jason's, I can't say his surname. But it's Sudeikis. A is it, how do you say Sudeikis. it? Is it Sudeikis? I think it yeah, is. Sudeikis. Yeah, Sudeikis. That sweatshirt that he wore with just their names oh, on. Oh, I, I know. Just that was lovely. thought... Again, just lot. beautiful execution and just really classy, really, really, really classy. And I, and I just think it's people in positions like you and I, Lorraine, who can make that tiny bit of difference. And mm. when you're on the show and there's something that affects people, that you always invite me to comment. Because actually, yeah. people need to, you know, I have got something to say. Mm. And actually, you might not have another black person to talk to that day. That's true. That's true. But I, I think we have to call it out and we see it. And I don't just mean on TV. I mean, in all walks of life. And I'm still annoyed at myself because I did an interview with a guy who was on that. Is it death and it's, it's, it's a, was it death in the Caribbean or what's it called? Oh, is it a dating paradise, show? Death. Paradise something. Death in paradise. Death in paradise. paradise. And death he paradise. said something. Right, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure he didn't mean it. But he said something about the education system there not being fantastic, um, and wanting to bring his child home to the UK. And I should have said, hang on a minute. You know, there's some really good schools there. You don't have to do that. But I let it yeah. go. And 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 it was one of those ones where 
Mm. I should have said something yeah. and I didn't. And yeah. I'm annoyed at myself think, and that, that niggles away guilty. at me. We're yeah. all guilty of that. We're all guilty of that. I, you know, I have had, you know, when people, when somebody senior to me or in a position of power says something that I think, actually, no, that's mildly racist. But if I call them out, they might then not want to talk to me or they might mm. then, do, yeah. so you, but you have to go, no, I stand by my mm -hmm. convictions. If you say something racist, I need to tell you, you just said something racist. I'm not going to take it any further, but you need to know what you said so you don't, is yeah. racist. It's about educating people, it really is. Because some yes, people genuinely, exactly. I think genuinely don't mean to be offensive and you've got to tell them so that they stop that behaviour. That's that's yes. for sure. But you, you exactly. are just very quietly and effectively making things better. I, I like to, and that's you know, and that's what I love doing. I love, I love just being me. That's genuinely, <laughs> and I, I, and that's why I say I still think I'm lucky because I get to be me. I just get to be me and do what I do, and I love making people smile. And when I say on television, I love giving away ITV's money. Oh no, I genuinely <laughs> love giving away ITV's money. I really I do, really, really do. Oh, um, we end each episode by getting our guests to tell us their biggest fail, regret, and win. So we'll start with fail for you. My biggest fail. Mm. And they don't have to be, you know, emotional. They can be funny. It's okay. <laughs> cheating. Okay. Not learning to swim and cheating on my 10-yard certificate in swimming. How, How can you cheat if you can't swim? The phone rang. He walked away. So I walked along the shallow end and oh then pretended I'd just finished. <laughs> True story. That, actually, to be fair, that's quite admirable in a way. I love yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. The phone rang, he walked. I thought, well, I'm not a very good swimmer anyway. I just walked. And when I saw him coming, I just went, <laughs> done it, Mr. Penny. And he was like, okay, well done, Peters. He was Australian. Congratulations, you've just done your 10 yards. I was like, great. Great. Literally, oh, can't you. swim. <laughs> um, and what about regret and win? Uh, my win is definitely creating T4 or making a television for a whole generation of people mm -hmm. who hadn't been catered for before. That's definitely my win. And my regret is, do you know what? I don't have any regrets. Every single experience you learn from, therefore, how can you regret it? Whatever happened, happened for a reason. You learn from it and move on. Oh, that's lovely. You see, I love that. And you're absolutely right. Yeah. You're absolutely right. We all spend far too much time and energy yep. looking back and, and, and having regrets. And we, we shouldn't. We should no. just use it you to learn from, you learn do from your mistakes. You do. Andy, what a joy. Thank you so much. Oh, that was so lovely. You're lovely, to, lovely to chat to you both. Really, and it, what, it, do you know what? It's what a lovely way to spend, you know, 40 minutes. It's like, oh, <laughs> it's so nice. No, it was fantastic. I knew I knew you would be great. So thank you so, so much, Andy. Thank you for joining us. You're welcome. Us. Anytime, anytime. Us.